This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Cavino and Rich. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When you are unwilling to say what your criteria is for your rankings, that's really tantamount to saying we're going to rank these teams however we want, and you got nothing to say about it. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Action-packed Wednesday this hour for you. We're going to talk about the college football playoff rankings. Brad Powers I don't want to judge his take on this. I'll just say it's crazy. We're talking about that. Also, we're going to be breaking down the biggest games, early breakdown of the weekend, including Ohio State Northwestern, Oklahoma, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, and on the NFL side, an early look at Thursday night football. And by the way, it's a crossfire. What does that mean? Fezzik on one side, RJ on the other Speaking of the pros who know, we got Fezzik, two-time Super Contest champion, and all the college knowledge, Brad Powers. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. Here's my personal promise. We will deliver the Vegas truth to you. But you can't have the pros without the Joes. Here he is, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And Straight out of Vegas comes to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we start in college football. The new playoff rankings came out, RJ, on Tuesday night, as they usually do. No real surprises in the top four, but Oklahoma staying ahead of Ohio State has major implications on this show between Brad Powers and you, RJ. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if there are major implications, right? Because the theory is that, oh, what the committee does in the penultimate week, 
the week before the final week matters. We've seen in the past, it's all a preamble that means nothing because they are going to put the committee, the four teams they want in, and no one's going to call. Listen, when you are unwilling to say what your criteria is for your rankings, that's really tantamount to saying we're going to rank these teams however we want, and you got nothing to say about it. Because how can you argue if we don't even tell you what our criteria is? That's an ultimate power play. We're not even going to tell you what we're doing this based upon. How are you going to argue against this? Now, listen, some talk radio guys are going to try, right? But there's really no rationale to that because how do you argue? Colin might be saying, oh, the matchup between Oklahoma and Alabama would be better TV. Well, who said that was a factor, right? That's a kind of a cynical way to look at it, you ask me. And maybe cynicism's realistic, but okay. Another's going to say, well, who's the four best teams? Well, we know that's not the case. That's not what they're judging. Another could be who had the best season, the most accomplished seasons. That's what I think they do generally. So, Brad, our bet is simple. Our bet is if Ohio State wins, and we made it on the show yesterday, and Oklahoma wins, what's the chance Ohio State gets in? What's the chance Oklahoma gets in? If only one of them do, and that's very likely because Notre Dame's in. We're assuming Bama's going to win, big favorites, almost two touchdowns, and Clemson is what almost thir- what twenty eight now. Yeah, it's almost up to twenty eight. All right, so there's one spot left. If Oklahoma wins, if Ohio State wins, who gets in? Now you gave me. I took the Buckeyes. You gave me five to one, five to one. Now from what you saw yesterday. With Oklahoma staying ahead in the rankings, does that make you how much? Obviously, that's a good thing for you. How much more optimistic? I would say I'm very more optimistic now. Very me, more optimistic. Well, he's so, he's so optimistic. He lost all language skills. Yeah. No, I'm thinking because I, I'll fully admit I made a bad market price bet. No question about well, that's the, the only bets I make is good market price. If you're betting me, yes, I know. it's a bad market price bet. But now that I've gotten you know further clarification, one more data point with Oklahoma being ahead of Ohio State, I'm thinking I'm at least closer to the market price as far as that five to one. Okay. Oh, boy, Fez, think about that a second. Like your goal is things go your way with the committee, and now your bet's bad, but it's not really bad. I love being in my spot. Now, here's the question, though. You our college football expert, Vegas style, Brad Powers. What is it? I don't want to hear your opinion about who should make the playoffs. I'm interested in what's make what makes you so confident that Oklahoma with one loss gets in over Ohio State with one loss? Because the fact you bet it at 5-1 to one is a sign that you're very confident. I know you won't agree with me, but I think it's the psychology of the two teams' losses. On one hand, you have an Ohio State team, not only one loss, a 29-point loss against a mediocre Purdue team. Tough so overcoming P- Purdue, that. What bowl are they going to? The Foster Farms Bowl. Some hmm. so, mediocre. So you're saying a, a, a bowl team? A bowl team. Okay, interesting. Now, we did this yesterday. Let's do it quickly. Let's assume... Oklahoma beats Texas. Let's assume Ohio State beats Northwestern. At that point, what are the two best wins for Oklahoma? 
two best wins would be Texas and West Virginia in their last two games. And at that point, what would be the two best wins for Ohio State? Uh, against Michigan and on the road against Penn State. How would you compare those two? Ohio State would have better wins. Okay, interesting. So it's all about they had a bad game and we can't forgive them for it. Well, part two of the psychology would oh, be... Oh, well, hold on. You yeah. gave your presentation. Now there's a part two? Well, the part two is Oklahoma, the psychology of Oklahoma getting the opportunity to avenge their only loss. I think that's a significant factor. Against a team that's not very good, Texas. Texas is top 20. Heck, they're, they're right up there in the top 15 of the playoff rankings. No, no, I'm not saying they're a horrible team. I'm saying they're not that good. Penn, and on, that, on those clarifications, Penn State is really not that good. Yeah, but Penn State's Ohio State's second best win. Texas is their first best win. Texas is their second best win. Oh, West Virginia. On oh, the road so you're saying you win. think Texas and Penn State are about the same right now? Yeah. Uh, maybe Penn State a point better. And, how, and what would the line be between Michigan and West Virginia? Let's just look at the, the best mm. wins. Mm. <laughs> Over Michigan. a touchdown? No, no, I'd bet West Virginia. But that, that Michigan probably four-point favorite. So, Fez, your thoughts on this? I do think that Oklahoma, all things going according to Hoyle, so Oklahoma wins by about eight points, Ohio State wins by about 14. Then I think Brad is okay on his bet because I do think it's very <laughs> so it's likely. once again, if everything goes uh, if his everything way, goes, okay. Oh, well, this is an important concept because if everything goes as completely expected, then Oklahoma, I think, by a narrow margin is going to get voted in. But the problem is I don't think you're pricing in enough variance here where, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it, if Ohio State covers, if they exceed expectations, win by more than 15, and Oklahoma does not meet expectations, wins by less than eight, all of a sudden I think we're having a wild conversation, and it is 50-50 who gets in. I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas. I do think this is super telling about is it good wins that matter or is it avoiding bad losses? When I'm power ranking a team, and again, we're back to, well, you're trying to assess who's the better team, not who had the more accomplished season. That's why the uh, this being ambiguous is such a negative. Like if the committee could just say what they're doing, it would help this conversation so much. But again, they don't give a care. They are saying we're going to do it our way. And what are you going to do about it? Now, I personally, when I'm power ranking a team, I want to see the good wins. When a team loses a game, you just don't expect them to lose. It's an aberration. It's some, Something happened. Maybe it was fluky play. Maybe it was something that wasn't obvious with the psychology, with injuries. But you can't get lucky. Domin like when Ohio State dominates Michigan, there's no way that's anything but Ohio State having a great game. When Ohio State loses to Purdue, I don't think it tells you it as much. And, Fez, let me ask you. You make your living creating power rankings for the NFL. When Minnesota lost to the Bills, did that tell you as much as, let's say, if Minnesota goes in and beats New England, which would be a great win this weekend, and we're going to be previewing that game in a second, would that tell you more or less about Minnesota than them losing as 17-point favorites to the Bills? It will tell me more, and that's a great point, RJ, because evaluating where a team's A game will be, because let's face it, in the playoffs, that's what we're really looking at. Or even their normal it. game, because... Obviously, Ohio State hasn't played great even in some other spots, but they've still got the wins. But Oklahoma has – I mean, Oklahoma against Army. <laughs> so, What was the score of that game? Army? 28-21 uh, in overtime. And oh, they went to overtime, overtime. with Army. Uh -huh. Last thing, 
if you look at the odds, and the betting market is speaking on this, right now, Ohio State, at most books, has a better chance to win the national title than Oklahoma. So, Fez, I don't understand how it could possibly be that Oklahoma is some huge favorite if they both win, if Ohio State has better odds at most books to win the title. Because if they get in, we've already established if Oklahoma gets in, their chance of winning it is about the same as Ohio State's. And so it's not, oh, once they get in, Ohio State has a better. No, no. It's about even, we think. So really the odds are all about who's going to get in. And the marketplace is saying Ohio State has a better chance to get in. Now, there is a caveat. If Oklahoma loses and Ohio State wins, obviously Ohio State's getting in. And Oklahoma has the tougher game. They're only favored by about a touchdown. Ohio State's favored by two touchdowns. So you got to give a little bit of consideration to that. But even if you consider that, the market is saying if these two teams both win, the market's saying it's about a coin flip. And I was shocked by this because what I expected to see, I thought it would be like Oklahoma around 20 to 1 and Ohio State double that around 40 to 1. And that's not what it is. Clear the bet, the betting markets are telling you there's a good shot the Buckeyes could get in over Oklahoma if they both win. And they're telling us something else. They're saying RJ's got a heck of a bet. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what we like. Speaking of bets, when we come back, we're going to break down Ohio State Northwestern and Oklahoma, Texas. Early look. That's coming up next. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. We'll compare rates for you so you get a great deal. Even if it's not with us, saving you time and money. Now that's progressive. Call or click today. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will take an early look ahead at the big games in college football this weekend, Vegas style. And we have fun every weekday bringing Vegas straight to you. Right now on the strip, 65 degrees, and the neon is pumping by the way good news guys the train keeps a rolling that was the first zeppelin song they ever played together when they practiced train kept a rolling you might know the aerosmith version of that straight out of vegas adding another big market in the first month of the show we added three top 20 markets there's not many top 20 markets fez we added three of them now another big ad Milwaukee, Milwaukee, welcome to the, you know, experiment. Can we make, you know, it's not so much an experiment of can we win at sports betting because that takes more than listening to Straight Out of Vegas. We can help you lose less. Winning takes more. Let's be candid. But can Vegas help you enjoy sports? That's the question because if we can do that, then we're doing something huge and we are excited to have Milwaukee on board. Oh, just give uh, Fez a second here. Just uh, let's go ahead and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll relax a minute. Hey, listen, Jonas, is, is those, those uh, formative 
desires as a youth, they stick with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to stick with college football because we're going to take an early look at a couple of big games this weekend in college football, but we're going to do it Vegas style. So let's start in the Big 12 title game where Oklahoma right now on pregame.com is an eight and a half point favorite over Texas. All right, so up a little bit, Brad. Mm-hmm. What's your early handicap here? Let's break down the key factors in the game. Well, number one is Texas is built personnel-wise and tactically as far as what they do schematically. Different than any other team in the Big 12, Texas being different. Where do we see it show up? In these matchups against Oklahoma, last sixteen, last six times these two teams have faced one another, Texas has covered all six and by a significant margin. How about this? Six straight covers by 14 points per game, exceeding expectation. All right, so I think you're exactly right. One way I tend to say it is, looking from the other perspective, Oklahoma is built to beat, to dominate Big 12 teams. Texas is the least Big 12 E of all the Big 12 teams. Number two, second factor in the game. For me, it's this, and it's starting to get a lot of play now at this point, but Tom Herman, the Texas head coach, has a now significant track record and a great performance as an underdog. As a head coach, 12-1 and one against the number. Kind of, you know, a guy that when he's in the underdog role is going to take a, a persona. We, we, we don't deserve to be a dog. We're better than that. Kind of a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And actually going back to his days as an offensive coordinator, any teams that he's coached, Tom Herman, 23-1 and one against the spread in the underdog role. Last question, and this is one you don't expect, so take a second if you need it. If we look at all teams in Power 5 conferences that make that are bowl eligible, so two criteria. You've won six games. You're in a major conference. So, for example, Purdue is on this list, correct? Yes. All right. Where does Oklahoma's defense rank amongst those teams? Dead last. If there, <laughs> there's any sort of maybe, maybe I'd have to you know argument and be Wake Forest, but Wake Forest fired their DC, and unlike Oklahoma, Wake Forest's D after that firing in their DC has played much better. So what you're saying is the team that you laid minus five hundred on, <laughs> yeah, amongst the teams that play big boys and can win at least half their games. Your team is the worst on one side of the ball. There's only two sides of the yeah. ball. They're the worst. But they're the best, arguably best offense in the history of college football from Fez's yards per play that he loves so much. Coffee's for closers only. <laughs> Guys, uh, we go to the Big Ten title game now where Ohio State is a 14.5-point favorite over Northwestern. All right, same question. Let's break it down. It's early. We'll have our picks later in the week. So we're not hiding anything. You're leaning Texas, right? Yeah, absolutely. Backing up this game. Oh, I, I'm more than leaning. I like Ohio State here to get some margin. And, and when you're laying two touchdowns, it's all about the emotion, the psychology. Do you want to get margin? Well, we both think, I think anyone here at this table thinks Ohio State, if they want to get to the playoff, needs some margin here. They can't struggle with Northwestern. The only caveat being if Oklahoma loses that earlier game. But say Oklahoma struggles a little bit with Texas in that earlier meeting. Ohio State is the type of team, and specifically Urban Meyer is the type of coach that will not be afraid to keep that foot on the gas pedal. I like the Buckeyes here on a fast track. And to me, this could cut both ways the desire for margin for Ohio State. 
on one hand, you know the motivation will be there. You know that the intensity and keeping the foot on the gas if they get up 21 will be there. Okay, pro margin. On the other hand, we've all had experiences. If it's shooting pool uh, and you got to run 15 straight balls, your chance when you have to run 15 straight for some reason goes way down than if you just ran because you're thinking about mm. not this play, but how do we get up 21? Well, you only get up 21 one play at a time. And it's hard for kids, especially, to put that into perspective. That it's just let's play each play as hard as we can. If they do that, cause of the motivation, great for the Buckeyes. But if they're trying to have 14-point plays, there are no 14-point plays. right? So I think it can cut both ways. So this might sound crazy, but Fez, I'll let you kind of be the peer review. I think this wouldn't be a winning bet, but I think it could be break even, even with the VIG. If we got some decent odds on Ohio State winning by 28, right? So let's say, what, 8-1 to one maybe or something? Like a pleaser, they call that, right? And then also look to play Northwestern on the money line. So I think the odds of an extreme result, either Northwestern winning the game because Ohio State's trying to make 14-point plays or Ohio State winning by four touchdowns plus, are both higher probability because the Buckeyes are approaching this game wanting margin, needing margin so much. Yeah, I agree. And also, let's look at this Buckeyes team, RJ. All year long, they have been as variable team as you'll ever see. They Motivationally. Motivational and performance-wise, they get they, they almost lose straight up to Maryland. They barely beat Nebraska. They lose. They get blown out of Purdue, and they crush Michigan. How many times are we going to mention that Purdue, you think, in one show? <laughs> a little much. <laughs> Guys, uh, we're going to get to the SEC title game coming up here momentarily. Do want to let you know, and this is a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please just stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save... 15% or more on car insurance. This company has been offering great rates and great service for over 75 years. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. That company is Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers. And in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, I am out of time. It is time to take a look at hey, the Jones, SC- let's, yes. let, let, let me jump in real quick. Sure. I think now that we've talked about the two teams with the best chance of the four spot, it's worth taking just a minute, and I'm R.J. Bell straight out of Vegas, to talk about what happens if the unlikely happens. So the odds, if you look at the Vegas numbers right now, that Ohio State loses and Oklahoma loses is about 5%, 6% actually. So a little more than 5 Obviously not likely, but obviously not impossible Brad, from what I can see, Georgia, even if they lose, is the only team that could get in if that happens. If Georgia loses to Bama, and we're going to talk about that game in a minute, and Ohio State loses, and Oklahoma loses, and again, the odds of that are, you know, we're around 4%. I think Georgia's in at that point. I don't even see what the other scenario would be. Well, the scenario would be as if you know, Central Florida is not. No, I saw Central like seven fifty to one yesterday. They're even off the board now because they actually moved Michigan ahead of them. Yeah, Michigan still, even with two losses, is higher ranked than Central Florida. To me, that says Central Florida no chance of making the playoffs. But the only scenario is kind of the margin in the Georgia Alabama game. Georgia loses by four or five touchdowns. 
RJ. So think about that, Jonas. Imagine Ohio State loses, Oklahoma loses, Georgia gets beat by 30. Who's the fourth team? It would Georgia because they would factor in who they lost. You to. would say a, a two-loss team that lost their conference final by 30 would make the playoffs. Just based on who they play. Now, how close are these other two games? Because that's when you factor in scores. Let's say they're both at the buzzer. They both lose at the buzzer. Oh, uh, Oklahoma loses at the buzzer. Ohio State loses at the buzzer. Wow. I, I tell you this, I don't want to say it because let's be candid. And Milwaukee should know this, by the way. No favorites here, right? Me and Harbaugh have a personal problem. I think the following about Harbaugh. He smells. Now, listen, that's my opinion, but even though we're in Detroit, I still express it. That said, maybe it's Michigan. If you look at what the committee did with them, they have they're the, they'd be the you could say they had the two best losses apparently yes, you could. apparently and oh by the way Brad where were those games Michigan Both was on, on the road so yeah. to lose to a, you know at minimum a top eight Ohio State team even if they lose to Northwestern and one of the playoff teams on the road wouldn't those be the two best losses Yep in theory. Wow, I don't, haven't even seen odds on Michigan. Yeah, but look, they didn't play this weekend, and the last time they did play, they gave up a 60-burger. I just, I think the committee would, there's no way they could get that out of their minds. I don't think they could. He's just made me a little hungry. Listen, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we are going to break down in one minute Alabama versus Georgia in that game. It is almost a two-touchdown favor. That's coming up next, but for all the latest from around the world of sports, Isaac Longcrong. Good afternoon, Jonas. Pat Forty of Yahoo Sports has just reported moments ago that Jeff Brom is staying at Purdue to remain the head coach of the Boilermakers. He had been thought of as the top candidate for the Louisville job. NBA Adrian Wojnarowski just reported that the Cleveland Cavaliers have traded Kyle Korver to the Utah Jazz in exchange for guard Alec Burks and two future second-round draft picks. Earlier today, Lakers head coach Luke Walton updated the status of Lonzo Ball, who sprained his left ankle in Tuesday's loss at Denver. He did a lot of work in the training room. Nothing on the basketball court. Questionable for tomorrow. He says he feels good. He is uh, tender to the touch, which would be expected on any uh, any ankle sprain. But uh, he said he feels good. He's not limping around. NFL this afternoon, Washington head coach Jay Gruden addressed the media for the first time since the team claimed linebacker Reuben Foster on waivers just days after Foster was arrested on a domestic violence charge that led to him being released by the San Francisco 49ers. We decided to make the move and we'll deal with the outcry, so to speak. Uh, but for the most part, you know, this is a young athlete, young person uh, who got himself into some trouble. We want to find out exactly what happened. Finally, in Major League Baseball, the Oakland A's today announced plans to build a privately financed 34,000-seat stadium in downtown Oakland to open in 2023. Jonas, back to you. Thanks, Isaac. Straight out of Vegas comes to you live here from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up 12 to 15 minutes from now here. Here on Fox Sports Radio, best bets and early look ahead and an opportunity for you to make a little bit of coin on a Wednesday night. I am Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. He is the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell.
I got to say, the uh, all the Purdue talk, it, I think Jonas might have been laughing, saying, hey, let's mention <laughs> Purdue in the news break. <laughs> Rub it into RJ, that Ohio State grad. Guys, uh, let's continue with college football. We've got the SEC title game right now on pregame.com. Alabama, a 13.5-point favorite over Georgia. All right, Brad, same thing. Early look. If you lean or like, let us know. But what are the key factors in this game? Well, we've been talking all year about Alabama being an historically great team. Here's a yet another data point that says Alabama historically great this season. Alabama, all 12 games this season, won by 20 points or more. Alabama, the first team since Yale in 18, not 19, 1888 to do that, win their first 12 games by 20 points or more, all of them. You know, that reminds me, we used to have this really old handicapper, and the joke was his first game of the year was the 1919 fade in the Black Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Fez, we couldn't even joke about you being on Yale, that, you know, like riding the momentum. I'm going to have to go back and look up that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's in the point spread records. <laughs> but I tell you this, the Bama D, and I get the, all the talk about, oh, tied in the first half. If anything, I think it was safe. I mean, do we really think Alabama was tied in the first half and there wasn't any element of Saban kind of embracing, hey, let's play this one a little close so I have a teaching point? Yeah, in the post game of that one. So that was against? The Citadel uh, in that game. Nick Saban, usually very surly when his team doesn't perform well. He wasn't in that case. He almost had like a, a little bit of a twinkle in his eye knowing full well he could use that first half against the Citadel to his advantage. And obviously, it's been great since. I almost wonder if Saban didn't read about all the money that the Vegas bettors were making betting Alabama in the first half. They had been undefeated in the first half up to that game and said, you know what? Let me send them a little surprise and we won't focus very much. <laughs> but, 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 but that's the question, though. I think all of talk radio, all of the media class are a little too loose with this kind of talk, to be candid. Because really, Fez, if you think about what you just said, spin it just five degrees, you're saying that Saban's trying not to play well. Like, he's attempting. How does a coach even do that? Like, how does a coach? It'd be one thing if he got his five best players together and said, guys, let's not, we know we can crush this team any time. Let's actually, what, let them score? Let, so in a weird way, I even are, am bought in after the fact of saying, I'm a skeptic with a lot of this stuff, after the fact, like, hey, whatever happened, it was an aberration, Bama being so close against the Citadel, but I'm not sure that that tells us much about Bama, and I also think it helps their motivation. I'll agree with all that. But to purposely do that, how do you even go about it? Well, I think it's, it's you just... I'm not hearing anything. You don't prepare for the option. You say, you know, we've got such great athletes. We're not going to waste our time with a week of preparation against the option. But see, that's the thing. In that post-game press conference, Nick Saban said, hey, we had a good week of practice. The players bought into actually defending it. He mentioned a game from a couple years ago where Alabama played an FCS team that ran the option. His players that week didn't buy in to defending the option. And again, maybe it's just inevitable... That if you're not as much as we can, and again, where's the Citadel in your rankings? Oh, the Citadel is a bad FCS team. So <laughs> out of 200 teams, they're probably 175. So that's the question is for a half, even if you have Bama playing with the least amount of energy they can and the Citadel playing with the most, could that be an even game? Is 
physically, it almost feels like it couldn't be. It's almost like how did you watch the game? Yeah, it was a couple big plays. And see, the option's different if you have, uh, no matter how talented you are, one missed assignment, and it's a touchdown. And you saw that in that yeah. game two times. And, and I think, if anything, the way Saban could have kept it kind of close without being, let's say, in a rush to get a big lead is conservative offensive play calling, right? If you're extra conservative, you can say we're protecting Tua, we're trying not to dominate the Citadel, that I did see. Yeah. So, and then once they, it was tied, it was like, all right. So I think there's some, but I just think radio guys need to be careful with the idea of all these, you know, uh, nefarious. Because really, if you think about what really would have to happen oftentimes for our conspiracy theories to be true, it's the, like the kind of thing that sometimes the coach could be arrested for. I mean, when there's legalized betting on something, if you're purposely not trying to win, now, that's something you there could be a, a criminal charges over. I've talked to multiple players that have played college football and against those teams that run the triple option, and they tell me it's some of the most brutal football they ever play in their careers because guys are just cutting them at the line of scrimmage. Mm. So it's a really difficult uh, team to prepare for. And Nick Saban also made a point after, after the postgame press conference, kind of a passive-aggressive, we need to get rid of cut blocking at the college level. I'm not trying to call them out for because that's the offense they run, but a lot of it was a little borderline there. So, Jonas, uh, you do a radio show right here on Fox on Sunday. Who do you do that with? Oh, that would be uh, Brady Quinn. Yes. Welcome to Mirage, Mr. <laughs> Papa Giorgio. <laughs> We've got him trained not to mention Brady Quinn every 30 seconds. Right, yes. But yeah, of course. We can bait him back. Last question, Brad. We're talking Alabama, Georgia. If we had no knowledge of how good a team is supposed to be entering the year, because let's be candid. These teams don't play a lot of competitive games, right? So, like, against really good – like, the best teams don't play the best teams very often. So, George is a team – we looked at the recruiting rankings and all that, and we can totally see the idea that, oh, they're great, four-star this, five-star that. If we didn't have any idea and all we looked at was on the field, what did George's performance tell us this year? Like, what, what makes us think they're that good? Mm. Other than expectation coming in. Well, I would say consistency. 11 wins by Georgia, all of them by 14 points or more. They have that bad loss against LSU, but in the SEC, 11. So, who's, so who else did they play? Who? What was some of their better wins? Florida, at Missouri, and I'm reaching after that. South Auburn, Carolina. South Carolina on the road. Yeah. So I'm not debating their top 15 team. I'm saying right now in the power rankings, you got them third. Yeah, and one thing. Wouldn't you say that they have the least proof of of the very best teams? We've got the least data to really be sure about how good Georgia is. I completely agree with that. Georgia's non-conference schedule, unlike last year where they played Notre Dame, very weak. We don't have that outside the SEC data point to judge them. When we come back, two things. One, a bonus best bet in college basketball, and me and Fez go head-to-head on Thursday Night Football. That's coming up next here on Straight Out of Vegas. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. 
I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. Guys, we have top 25 action in college basketball, a 9.30 Eastern time tip-off on ESPN. It is North Carolina at Michigan. The Wolverines, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Listen, you're thinking all football. Bonus time, baby. Woo, make me rich, make me rich. Whatever you can drop that stuff. And we're going to take Michigan minus three and a half best bet on the Wolverines in this one. And it's all about style of play. North Carolina, Michigan's opponent, likes to run and run and gun, get up and down the floor. But when does North Carolina struggle traditionally? It's when teams can slow North Carolina down. Well, in Michigan's instance here, you have the t- best defense in the country for Michigan. And a team in Michigan likes to slow the pace. And when they're at home, much more likely, RJ, to dictate that tempo. Michigan takes North Carolina out of their running gun tempo. I'm going to take the Wolverines minus three and a half. Yeah, it's interesting. Dave Esler at Pregame Pro, he's on our podcast, a college basketball specialist. He agrees with you here. And let's take a minute with that concept of home teams can exert their will even against slightly better teams. Meaning, listen, if you're playing a team a lot better than you, they're going to decide the pace of the game in college basketball. You might say North Carolina is better. They have the higher ranking. But you add in Michigan's home field, which home court, which is way above average, right? Yeah, about four in this instance. Maybe even higher. I expect a fever pitch for this type of game. That helps Michigan dictate the pace. And if this game is slow, and it feels like there might be a correlation here. If you do like Michigan... Do you look at the under? Yes, you do in this instance. And I want to throw out one more factor. So, so, but let's talk about that concept yeah. quickly. If the things happen to give Michigan the best chance to win, the game has a much better than 50% chance to go under the total points. Yeah. And let's talk about Michigan holding teams to points. Last week, Michigan football team, RJ, I think you watched the game against the Buckeyes, allowed 62 points in football. This Michigan basketball team, hasn't allowed in any game this season 62 points. (laughs) Just rubbing it in Michigan. I'm not objecting. Last thing on this college basketball game, and again, the best bet from Brad is Michigan. Minus three and a half. Here's a concept. Last thing. If the higher-ranked team is getting points, you got guys – I'm not going to cast any aspersions on Haystack Hank, but guys like Haystack Hank – they're going to – what are they going to say, Brad? They're going to say, whoa, n- number number seven, North Carolina? They're, they're the higher-ranked team and catching points? Give me North Carolina, better team catching points. Easy winner. That didn't sound like Haystack. That sounded like – like. Well, you didn't some, have the intro music. Oh, wait, let's try I was it. doing an imitation of Haystack. Oh, so you weren't doing Haystack. No. You were doing an imitation. All right, hold on. Let's see if we can get Haystack. All right, let's do that again. Oh, we got North Carolina. Are you t- are you kidding me? Number seven ranked team in the country getting three and a half points against Michigan. Michigan stinks. I don't care. It's basketball, football. This team stinks. Give me North Carolina. High ranked team getting points. Easy. There you go. Now, I think Haystack, there's a point to that. The average fan, the Haystacks out there, the Freddie Fanny Packs are saying, hey, wait a minute. I'm getting points with the better team. They kind of know home court matters. But that visceral points with a better team. And I like the idea of parlaying Michigan to the under. My one concern, RJ, if Michigan covers three minus three and a half, they could win by five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's a foul fest at the end of the game. Now, now that's a that is a deep dive, is when you have a a, a spread in that 
you know, two to eight range, the chance of it being between two and eight late goes up, and that helps the over because all those fouls. But that's usually built into the number, Fez. I think that's one that's built. If not, then why not just go over all games between minus two and minus eight? Well, it's a good correlated parlay to play the favorite to the over because then you get the foul fest for sure. If the favorite is win- if the favorite wins by three to twelve points at the end of the game, that really helps the foul fest. If it's like tied, okay. So what you're game. saying is, if the favorite covers, yes. the chance of it falling in those numbers where there'd be a lot of fouls goes up. Correct. Hey, that listen. We don't often go that deep. That's the level Fez is thinking at. Straight out of Vegas brought to you by Geico, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Guys, we're going to take an early look ahead at Fox's Thursday night game. It is the Saints at the Cowboys, New Orleans, a seven and a half point favorite on the road. So, Fez, we got about two and a half minutes. So, I want you to give me the third, because what I want to do more than debate you is I want to give a counterpoint because you gave your best bet, early Tuesday best bet which has been outstanding. Let's give credit where credit's due. Outstanding. On Dallas plus seven and a half. I think you're missing a key part of this handicap that makes it a no bet. 30 seconds on what your handicap was yesterday. Yeah, the point spread tax on the Saints is hitting a epic proportion. They're 9-0 straight up and 9-0 against the spread, and the odds makers are tired, frankly, of the betters winning, so they're jacking up the point spreads on this team. Example, just two weeks ago, the Saints were home against the Eagles. The Saints were laying seven. Now they're on the road against Dallas, and they're laying seven to seven and a half. Okay, so the theory is, though, at the time, the Eagles were probably considered a better team than Dallas, but not that much better. Not that much, a little bit. So you're saying maybe the the Saints have been upgraded like five points in the last handful of games. Yes. They have had some impressive games. No doubt. All right, a couple things make me pause here. I think unequivocally you've got the value, unequivocally. But let's look at the matchups. Dallas's D is better against the run. If you look at DVOA, an advanced stat, Against the run, they are 7th, Dallas is D, 26th against the pass. Do you really want to be taking a team that's 26th against the pass against Drew Brees? Now, let's flip it the other side. Saints D is better against the run. It's number three. The Saints have the third best D against the run in the entire NFL, 28th against the pass. So it's a perfect storm of matchup disadvantage for Dallas here. They want to run. That's tough against the Saints. Saints want to pass. That's easy against Dallas. And also, Thursday favorites over a touchdown. This goes back 30 years. And that's obviously the Saints here. 42 winners, 22 losers. There's something about Thursday that creates high, even road teams. Road teams are 70% in that spot. So it creates high variance I think it's another reason not to jump on the Cowboys. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch it on FoxSportsRadio.com. Just click the podcast link. We are straight out of Vegas back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.